You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with... Raj Christian, I'm Chapter 4 Chair and also Oxford House State Kentucky Vice Chair. I'm Ashley Yates, and I am Oxford House Housing Services Chair. And I'm Jeff Pemberton, a.k.a. Gizmo. Um, I'm the outreach worker for Western Kentucky for the Paducah and New Area in Murray, and I am alumni from the Paducah area. Awesome. Welcome, you all. Glad you guys are here. Uh, We wanted to have you guys on today because uh, here at Turning Point, I get to work with a lot of people that have have been in the Oxford House or live in the Oxford House. I sponsor guys that are in the Oxford House, and I've seen what a great help it's been to the recovery community in general and in this area. Uh, I know you guys, like, are that extra, give people that extra chance, you know, have that, um, help them to stay connected, a little accountability, you give them a little responsibility and opportunities to grow. And I've seen so many people in the recovery community flourish there, uh, you know, and been able to go on to better things and help other people. So I just wanted you guys to come on today to, you know, talk a little bit about what you do, get information out there. If people don't know about you guys, um, do you know, uh, Raj, when the first Oxford House was? 1975, Silver Springs, Maryland. There you go. Thought I'd try to get him with a pop quiz. I was joking with Raj earlier about <laughs> we in Learning Center, they teach you all about the Oxford group at Center Point and, you know, probably a lot of recovery centers, and, and I don't remember any of that. But uh, good job, Raj. So, um, so yeah. let, me, let me quiz you. Do you know why, <laughs> I, what, why it was started? <laughs> by who? Yeah, no, that's what I said. I did not do my research uh, on that end. I learned all that stuff, and then I chose to forget. You know, take some, leave some, take what applies. That's that's how I went. I didn't need that information anymore. But uh, Joe Rogan would have had that. I know, but he probably had somebody in his ear feeding him. Jim. See, I don't have that the guy back there. I, I work all. I'm juggling all the balls. So um, no, but so Raj, tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys do. Well, Oxford House is a nonprofit organization of sober living houses. We got houses in every state before, uh, which are the states we don't have is Maryland. No, no. Um, the first house North, was in Maryland. In North then, Dakota. North Dakota. Utah, Nevada, and Massachusetts. Massachusetts, that's what it was. Um, and we got 18 chapters here in Kentucky. Uh, also, there's houses in a few other countries as well. But there's 18 chapters here in Kentucky. Um, this is Chapter 4. We hold 69 beds here in uh, Paducah. We got eight beds in Murray. Everything's ran on a Democratic basis, which means you get voted in, you get voted out, you vote on everything that gets done with the House. Um, there's only three reasons why you can really get expelled from the House, and it's non-payment EES, disruptive behavior, and uh, relapse. Relapse is automatic. So, uh, <clears throat> Oxford House has helped prolong my sobriety, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. I went through Centerpoint. I did that six-month program, and I just waited for God to give me somewhere to go, and I got directed to Oxford House Gemma, which has been 
the best thing in my life so far. Uh, I just came up with a, a thing the other day where Oxford House is not a sober living to me. It's a lifestyle. We're not the same. So that's what it does for me. It's a lifestyle. Uh, we just like to help people get through the recovery, and then if they have mishaps within the house, you know, if they relapse, we'll try to get them back into rehab. Uh, or if you have disruptive behaviors, we can put you on a contract to kind of correct those behaviors type stuff. Uh, each house has their own set equal expense share, which is the EES. Um, we have officer positions, which in, in the chapter, we got, uh, chair, vice chair, secretary, comptroller, treasurer, HSC. We got fundraiser chair, reentry chair, uh, alumni chair. Uh, we also have the men's and women's waiting list. It's not technically a position, but those are important for coordinating the vacancies. For somebody's looking for a female bed, they would right. call one person instead of bouncing to every single house. That way there's one point of contact, and they can reach out to the HSRs of each individual house or contact Ashley, who is the HSC, who basically correlates with all the HSRs and all the houses and sees how they can help each other out. I know that's made it really easy for us because the the, the job titles change so much there as people, like, do it for a little while and pass it on or whatnot. And, you know, so the numbers are always changing. When It's nice to always have just one person. Uh, and, you know, I know people that are there that I can contact. They can contact that person. But... It's, it's just nice. It makes it easier on everybody else. It's trying to help people get in there, you know, because we have a lot of people come in here looking to get in sober living, fresh out of treatment that, you know, didn't plan ahead, didn't connect, contact you guys right away and stuff like that. So we appreciate that. We are self-supporting. We do pay our own bills, which means that we don't have someone donating money to pay our bills. Each person in the house is required to have a job within two weeks, a sponsor within two weeks, and then they get that set amount of EES they pay each week, which goes into the house's own bank account. So we pay our rent, our electric, our water. Um, any money left over after that, we can choose to go do a unity event. Like my house, we went to Atomic City at one point in time. All eight of us went. We had a unity breakfast the other day. Um, fundraiser has unities, but it's kind of like not hitting right now. You know what I'm saying? we got to get some people on board with willingness. The, the EES program... Um as far as that goes, it teaches, you know, people how to be productive citizens back into society. Like, it gives you the opportunity, if you weren't paying bills before, it teaches you how to pay bills, how to manage your bank account, um, and things of that nature as well. Well, yeah. I want to congratulate today, Ashley. Today is your one year sober. <laughs> Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Rod said yours six years is gonna be when this actually comes out. Yeah, June twelfth, six years. Um, That's man. pretty wild, man. Yeah, six days uh seemed impossible, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um in all honesty, I'm gonna share a little bit on this. It's a little <laughs> off, but back on. Um I didn't know what I was gonna do. I'm from St. Louis, um, had lived in Kentucky two months, went down to rabbit hole real quick. Um hit my my surrender point, which was basically death. Went to rehab, uh, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, that's why it's key for us to go out and do presentations into rehabs, facilities, come talk to you guys, stay plugged into, you know, right. our whole entire network, the whole entire community. Um, had those guys not came in and I not heard exactly what I was looking for as a place to go where I'm not going to be by myself because I know what I'll do left on my own, the same thing I've always done. Yeah, place where I had accountability. 
place where I could work because work was important to me and a place where I could learn to stay sober because I didn't know how to do that. Obviously, at 30, 38 years old, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, obviously, all my efforts had failed. Oxford House provided me a safe environment to work on my recovery, um, to learn more about myself, to work the steps, to work a productive life. And I thought I was responsible, but, man, I had no idea what responsible living was. My perception was so warped from the years of substance use. and mm-hmm. You know, um, Oxford House was a godsend. I know that because if Oxford House was not available, I know for a fact I would not be here today. I know that for a fact. There was no other option for me. Return to the dope motel, go back to St. Louis to the same madness, or death. So, I mean, I'm sure all roads would have led to that. But God had other plans that night in the hospital, and I just try to stay lined up with his plan and do the next right thing and try to help people any way I can, which is why I'm – it was a blessing. I was alumni, and they offered me this job. I was about wrecked my car when it happened. I was like, "What?" You know, it was a uh, it was mind blowing. You know, to be in that position and to be able to give back what has been so freely given to me, not only in the program of of the twelve step program I work, yeah. um, but what the Oxford House has done for me and what it's done for the thousands, of countless across the United States. Man, it's a it's a tremendous blessing. It's a it raised the bar on everything in my life, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you're a true success story of the Oxford House. Now did you did you choose to go there on your own or were you or did you get out of treatment and decide to go there or, or was it just like I'm ready to do something different, I'm gonna gotta go someplace that's good for me? I knew that left on my own I was gonna do the same thing. I was beat down so bad, I was like, I've gotta do something different. Um, like I said, when those guys came in and presented, I heard exactly what I needed. You know, it was. I was talking to my counselor, and I basically described to him what an Oxford house was, not knowing. And I heard these guys come in and say it, and I'm like, well, that's an answered prayer right there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was a 12 12. I was no longer on parole. I finished my parole in Missouri in 2014. I had nothing hanging over my head. Well, I had a lot hanging over my head death. Right. And uh, too much pain and misery. And, you know, it was time to quit digging that hole and start digging steps. It's great, man. Now, uh, I went to Ashley's lead, and I told you a little bit about where she came from. So, Yeah, Ashley, tell us a little bit how you got to Oxford House and your pathway. Um, well, um, I am previously a uh, probation and parole officer. Um, you know, my story is similar to theirs. I got hooked on prescription medication that was prescribed to me by the doctor, um, and... I was in denial for several years, you know, and, and I went to a 30-day, and I got out, and I relapsed the same day I got out, and then I went several months and then went back to another 30-day because at that point I started using fentanyl. Um, and, did I mean, like, it, some of the stuff sunk in at that time, but then, you know, um, I got out, relapsed, same day I got out. Um, then, you know, my mom... Um, she threatened to Casey law me if I didn't go to long-term treatment. And so um, I had overdosed um, at work and ended up in the hospital. And at that point, she was like, you've got to, you've got to go do something. So I went to Trilogy in Hopkinsville. Um, and that place saved my life. Like, I kicked and screamed the whole way there, you know. But 
when I got there and I was sat down and made to, to take a look at myself, I realized, like, <laughs> the problem was me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was blaming everybody else for my problems, and it was me. It was me doing it to myself. Um, and I didn't graduate Trilogy, but, um, you know, that that was the jumping-off point for me. Um, and like he said, like, it, it was either do something different when you leave there or you're going to die. And um, I wasn't made to go to treatment. I wasn't, well, by my mom, but as far as court system goes, I wasn't made. I wasn't made to go to Oxford House. I decided I wanted to do something different because um, otherwise, you know, I would be six feet under right now. And it, it, is, it has been a big part of my story. Um, I got involved fairly quickly. Um, I, I got into chapter like three months after I got there. Um, and, you know, just just like he said, like, you know, a big part of um, relapse for me is loneliness. And when you're surrounded by all these people who are going through the same thing, you know, different, different paths, but same scenario, uh, if that makes sense. Um, oh, it definitely does. You know, and, and it, it's, it's comforting to know when you come home from work, if you've had a bad day, you can sit down and talk to somebody who is like you um, and understands, you know, where your mind's at and, and what you're going through. And because, you know, at home I could talk to my mom and she don't understand. You know, she understands, but she don't understand because mm-hmm. she's not been there. But um, like I said, it's just a, a godsend, you know, for, for me to be involved in Oxford House. And it's it's shown me a lot of things about myself that I didn't – I had – you know, put out of my mind because I went from being successful somewhat in society, you know, because I had a, a career and everything, and I lost who I was when when I got in trouble and when I fell to addiction. Like, I, I got depressed, and I just lost who I was, and now I've found who I really am, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not <clears throat> ashamed. I'm not anything of, of that nature coming from being probation and parole, like, I like to speak about it because I want people to know that this disease doesn't discriminate. We'll be right back. Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky. One thing I have always wondered is who put the alphabet in alphabetical order. At Turning Point, our goal is to help you put your life back in order. If you struggle or have struggled with substance use disorder and are in need of help, come see us at 415 Broadway Street, Paducah, Kentucky, or call 270-444-3621 and sign up for peer support services with one of our friendly staff who have lived experience with addiction. Hope to see you soon. Absolutely right. We were talking about that earlier. This disease does not discriminate, doesn't care about age, race, sexual identity. It doesn't care about whether you're rich or poor. None of that. You know, it'll take your life the same. And I think people need to know that. You know, people, 
people don't always know. They think, oh, you're, you're more likely to be a drug addict if you're poor and if you, you know, but that's just not the case. It's all about what's going on up here, what's going on spiritually. Uh, you know, I was the same way. I've just prescribed opiates and slowly but surely led to, you know, over many years, um, you know, heroin and fentanyl. And so it does not care at all. And you're talking about the common problem, man, that unites us. I think nothing unites people more than going through struggles. And to have a group of people, whether you meet them in rehab or you meet them in Oxford House or whatever, that have been through those same struggles, that that unites us, that we understand each other. Like, even though we come from different pasts, we have different stories, we've experienced a lot of the same thing, the depression, the jails, the the detox, the, um, the struggle, really, the chaos. And, you know, that unites us. But then, like, being able to work together and support each other in, in the common solution that we have, you know, that everybody works a different program, but the, it works for everybody if you work it. You know, it's all about putting forth the action and the willingness and, to do put forth the action and i think that the oxford house is a great model in that like i considered going to oxford even at, when i was working here and i was in between houses if they would have let me take my dog there i would have gone just because it, I, I thought it would be cool to be in a place with the other people you know i'm working in recovery you know i had over a year sobriety but and i don't even know if they let you in at that point but i'm saying i just thought it was cool like that how I, i've only lived alone once in my life and you know and now I'm to the point where I, I'm not codependent and I could definitely do it if I had to but I enjoy having people around especially people that either I could help or they could help me when I'm going through stuff so I really think it's a good it's a good model speaking about model there's a this is what we got at the house it's the Oxford house manual it's what our house is run off of it's got our own traditions in it. It's a, an idea based on sound system for recovering alcoholics and drug addicts to help themselves. And it's got, like, it's got traditions in it. This is where we go to to find out things about what we need to do within a house, you know, like hold someone accountable. And that's what one of the biggest things for me Oxford House was about was uh, accountability, you know what I'm saying? Like, in center point accountability it looked at someone like they're telling on you or they're trying to just come after you and get you in trouble but when i got in oxford house I, I understood what accountability is about it's about bettering myself taking a look at myself and within that i've been able to hold myself accountable more than anyone's gonna hold me accountable because that's what it's about to me is hold myself accountable before anyone else can do it you know what i'm saying so we do there are <clears throat> things at the house like contracts behavioral contracts financial contracts and you get fines for not doing certain things, like not doing your chore. That's what the coordinator does is they just sign chores. If you don't do it or sign off on it, you'll get a fine for that or, you know, other things like that. Uh, there's also fines at different levels of the Oxford House because you got the house level, which has the secretary, the president, the comptroller, which takes care of finances along with the treasurer. And then at the chapter level, which is all eight houses here in town, and the Murray House combined, we go to a meeting once a month, and we do the same thing, speak finances, speak about what the chapter wants to get involved in, as in, like, we got involved in with the recovery walk. We'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess. But uh, And then it goes to the state level, and the state level has the same thing. You got uh, state chair, state vice chair, state parliamentary. Parliamentarian. Parliamentarian, <laughs> whatever that is, but she's it. And then you got treasurer and comptroller. <laughs> And then you got your re-entries, which is re-entries does a good thing. Oxford House provides is people 
coming in and out of a, a, a DOC facility, like um, like the Rotary Farm or like a halfway house, like KCI or Brady Center. We got applications for them to fill out where they can come be part of Oxford House themselves too. So we have a whole reentry team. Um, it's just a great thing that I, I love to get involved. Like I said, it's a lifestyle for me because we do events. We go we went to Oxford House Workshop, which was a camping trip out in Cumberland Falls. Um, I like to give Oxford House back to the recovery community as going to AA meetings, NA meetings, and I sponsor five people. I just get Oxford House involved more in the recovery community that we're based in, you know what I'm saying, this Chapter 4. So that's why I kind of shot for... Uh, being a sponsor for the recovery walk and I hit a home run with that basically so far you know what I'm saying I, it makes me feel good and take pride in I can actually be part of something bigger than myself yeah yeah you've grown a lot it's awesome to see what you've been, you've been able to do over there the only complaint I have with your events is that I don't get invited to them you know? <laughs> <laughs> have to be in Oxford to go to some of your events which I get but you know it still hurts well you never came to the bingo event and it was open <laughs> yeah, to public I know yeah see you guys do fun stuff like that too for the public to raise money and you know you always schedule your car wash when we do the recovery walk so that you can capitalize <laughs> on it uh, <laughs> I mean it's a smart move really work smarter not harder yeah car wash June 10th that's right at least you guys started to direct people to us this year but last year was mutual I think we were running back and forth yeah guys taking turns that's another thing that I was able to do was I was able to go to a state association which is in a different town every two months we have a meeting and I was able to invite people from Ohio from eastern Kentucky to come out this way to your guys' recovery walk and some of them are coming yeah. So I was. I was able you guys sponsored the recovery walk, and you put in a lot of effort on that, helping promote and hang flyers, and posters, and stuff like that. So uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, our, to, our state association also was a big supporter of it, and yeah. donated some money to it too. So That's that was great. that was amazing. Yeah, we really appreciate that, man. We appreciate all you guys are doing around here. What do you guys got coming up other than the car wash? Anything fun we should know about? Well. Uh, there's another chapter close to us in Hoptown, and we have talked about because they kind of united with us on the bingo event. But we're thinking about having an Oxford House either masquerade or a mas or a, a Oxford House prom. Since a lot of us in addiction when we were younger didn't either get to go to prom or nothing like that, so we we've, we've been talking about getting that set up and doing that, and it might even be open to the public that way it can be a fundraiser event as well. You know what I'm saying? That's and that's how we run. Our, our fundraisers, what they do is they go into an account, a separate account, so we can send people to World Convention. Because like I said earlier, there's houses in uh, a few other countries. And what that within that, we have a convention this year. It's in Washington, D.C. And that fundraiser money gets in, into account, and it sends people from our chapter to that event. Yeah. So That's, um, I can touch base on the World Convention a little more. Um, that changed my life in 2018. It was in Kansas City, Missouri. I went as a resident. And um, to be around that many people from all over the country with the same goal, all in Oxford House, to experience that on that level was life-changing. And to learn, you know, all the different stages of the houses, all the different principles, the way people handle things, you know, basically breakdown of the manual, further in-depth of what the Oxford House stands for, and be able to share that and bond with those people. I mean, it was better. It was more amazing than any twelve-step convention I've been at. 
I mean, because this is people from, you know, definitely people that normally would not mix, but, you know, that's family. You know, yeah. Oxford House is family. Yeah, it's a different level than just, hey, we're all in recovery or we're all in AA. It's like we're all in this living environment, too, and know about these rules and these events and have had these experiences that is, you know, nationwide, worldwide. Uh, and that's cool. That's a cool thing to be a part of. I bet that was was life-changing. Yeah, worldwide. Wide, 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 wide. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we're open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. Hello, everybody. You want to know something? My biggest issue with meetings is despite their name, they're never about me. Here at Turning Point, all of our meetings are for you and about you. We have meetings at least three times a day, seven days a week. We are located at 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky. Call 270-444-3621 for more information. Yeah, yeah, it was life-changing for me. It lit my fire, and uh, I came back with... You know, a full heart, motivation, and drive, and you know, I had that before, but it, I mean, I got, I got lit. I mean, it was, it was amazing. So anytime, now that I'm an outreach worker, I still, I, I get those same butterflies seeing a resident go to that, and still seeing the people and remembering that same feeling I had. Right. You know, that nostalgia on that. You know, it's still just, you know, it fills my spirit up. It's a, it's a very powerful experience. They do let guests go, so keep that in mind, man. You're invited. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Sweet. When's the next one? Uh, coming up I haven't September. even been to a convention yet, and I really hate that because I've been wanting to go, but I always have something going on. I'm too busy sometimes. Well, I think it'd be a good event for a sponsor or a sponsee to go to together. That's right. Uh, yeah, I forgot I sponsor you. <laughs> I was waiting when that was going to come up. I don't like to ever, like, be the one to say it, you know? Like, I let them, if they feel like they want to own me, you know? But, yeah, you've been a part, a big part of my recovery because, like I said, um, when I was in Centerpoint, when I first got there, I thought I'd pick my own sponsor. And apparently when you pick your own sponsor, you don't let God do it for you. It don't work out too well. So I picked him, and he didn't accept my fifth step, which is where you came in. And I, I was, I need a sponsor. And then you took me to Noble Park for three hours, sitting on a bench with gnats and bugs and music. And <laughs> I was like, oh, it's fun. <laughs> but, yeah, you've been a big part of my recovery, and I appreciate you. So. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I was like, I, I don't know about this dude, but, you know, I'm happy to help him out. And, and you got... I thought that you'd worked four steps before, you know, because uh, you'd said you'd been through some long term, but it wasn't really th- that kind. And and so you worked a thorough and honest one, man. And, and I've just seen you do nothing but grow. You were kind of shy at first, which is crazy to, to think now when I see everything that you're doing, you know. And, uh, you know, being on WPSD and running around speaking and come, wanting to come on here. So. I think it's awesome, man, to see how much you've changed and grown and given back, and I hope you continue to do so. Well, that's what it's all about, is giving back to what was so freely given to you, and that was with Centerpoint. I do things for them. I go sponsor. I got five sponsees in Centerpoint. Uh, 
I give back to the AA community, going to like campouts and whenever they need help at events, and I give back mainly to Oxford House right now because that's what's my main support, my main goal right now. And um, another part of that is giving back is going to these other houses that are struggling with holding people accountable or struggling with finances or struggling to figure out how to do things in the, within their house. And some of them don't have uh, long-standing members. Some of them have only been there two, three months, and they have a long-standing member that leaves that's been there a year, and they leave, and they're like, what do we do? You know what I'm saying? So that's part of coming, going back and giving back to the Oxford House and just teaching and letting people know what we're about. And I, I also as well push Oxford House. I live, breathe, eat it. You know, everywhere I go, I talk about Oxford House, and people are like, where are you from? I even so happened when... Uh, you just say Oxford House? <laughs> <laughs> he does. I, Oxford I, House, Kentucky. I, I, I even, like, you get the bad end of it, too, because I went to a store yesterday the other day, and she's like, I was trying to pay with our check. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, what is this, a business? I'm like, no, it's a sober living. She's like, well, I'm sorry for that. And then ran the check, and then it says, she said, it ran and denied it, and said, your check's no longer good here. I'm like, I've been here, like, the past two months, six times using the same check. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It yeah, just, I don't understand that. But there's always going to be stigma associated with addiction, man, especially for people who haven't been through it or haven't had family members who've been through it and don't haven't really seen it, don't understand that it's a disease, don't understand that we're really, you know, deep down good people that are just struggling with different mental disorders, PTSD, trauma, um, all the things that, you know, have caused us to, to end up where we ended up. But you see that when people get their lives together and, how they turn around and give back and can make the most of it. I think that people coming out of addiction are some of the strongest people in the world. Like, normal people don't have to go through the things that we've been through, you know, the years in jail, the homelessness, and just trying to struggle to get that fixed. Um, you know, which it, it, if we survive it, it makes us really stronger, and we can use that strength in so many different ways. And... I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for that in my life and to see it working in so many other people's lives around me, man. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I do know that Turning Point has been a staple in this recovery community, especially for people in the Oxford House and countless people in Paducah. I mean, without Turning Point, you know, that is definitely the missing key to a lot, a whole lot. Of people's growth here. I mean, you guys have peer support 24, well, not 24 7, but mainly in the building every single day. You know, ways to get people IDs, social security cards. I mean, I filled out my resume at Turning Point for the Oxford House. Yeah. Because I had never filled one out in my life. So, <laughs> you know, I had to sit down. It was kind of awkward, but I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, Nathan and, writes people's resumes for him now. No, no, they had to make, I was here for two hours arguing with a computer. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also grateful for Turning Point as well because you guys provide what's called the Kentucky Recovery Housing Grant, and I got I got accepted to that, and I still have yet to use it, but it's good for however long I said it's good for, and then it, that happens to give me a place to go outside of Oxford House when I choose to leave. So that's part of why I keep coming back to Turning Point because you guys have helped me with my recovery, with my sponsor. Uh, meetings and meeting new people to bring in Oxford House. Like I come down here and I try to recruit people from your facility, but a lot of them come down there and uh, I enjoy coming down here to your meetings and I'll even leave work sometimes, still clocked in to come to a meeting just to get paid to go to a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> we, we That's don't have integrity. To use, 
We like to use turning point. They tell me to stay clocked in. When people relapse, like recently, there was a girl, a couple girls that relapsed in one of the houses, and and we brought, we tried to bring both of them down here. You know what I'm saying? And and we brought one, and ended up getting her back into rehab. Like that's something that we try to, you know, encourage people to do when they do relapse. Like we hate, you know, having to kick them out of the house or expel them, but we also give them that opportunity, you know, to go back and, and fix what, what, you know, they didn't get the opportunity to fix. Yeah, that's great. And now if they go to a 30 day treatment and complete it, they can come back to Oxford. Yes. Do that, right? They they can't go back to the same house, which is what the chapter is voted and most of the state is voted. Every, every place is autonomous. Yeah. But, um, you, have to re- redo the whole interview process because everything, like Raj was saying, is democratically voted in. During your interview, you're doing it at a house meeting in front of everybody in the house. So that's where the yeah. votes come from. And but on, I think it, on that, on that voting in and voting out stuff, or voting in, you have to have 80% of the votes to be able to get in the house. So let's say if you got six people in the house, they're listening to the interview, and three of them vote no and three of them vote yes, that's no acceptance to the house because that's 50%. You have to have 80% of the votes to get into an Oxford house, but you only have to have... But the rest is 50 across the board. Yeah. Or it's... Uh, what is it? Say if you got four people and you get you're getting voted expelled, it's... 50%. 50%. Everything else is 50%. It's groceries, the shopping list, um, furniture, you know... House supplies. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's good you guys give people those those second chances. I think it's good you guys give people the, the whole democratic thing, you know, kind of like a community uh, at rehab. You know, people get to try to help each other, hold each other accountable, you know, keep an eye on each other, um, be responsible. It's, it's what's part of it, man. Some know? people don't understand the democratic process either. Like, well, we got to vote everything in and out. Why can't we just do it? Well, it's because it's sober living community your your community living you're coexisting and one person may not want to do this but the other person may want to so then it causes you know yeah, that's why the oxford house model is so successful because it's been unchanged since 1975 it's fully democratically ran self-supporting and that's that, what makes it obsolete and it works yeah part of part of what my position is in chapter of the housing uh services is i i meet with a member from each house and we sit down. We just had one last night, and we talk about everything that's going in the house, going on in the houses, um, how their bank account is, you know, how their unity is, um, you know, how many people are on financial contracts or newcomer contracts. Um, if there's a, a, a problem resident, or, or you know, they're not quite understanding that these guidelines are in place for a reason. Yeah. Like, how can we do that? How can we go about? Um, implementing the guidelines to them so they understand it because you know everybody's at different levels of their recovery when they come in and you know somebody who's been in there for a year like Raj is is going to understand the guidelines and and know why they're in place and know why we vote but somebody that's come in for two months and maybe they haven't been to long term so they don't know the accountability process they don't know so or maybe their education level is not the same as somebody else's in the house. So so we have to, you know, meet them where they're at kind sure. of thing. Um, and it's just important. We meet twice a month, and um, 
go over these things and we go to each visit each house like everybody's responsible to visit at least one house a month we push for two um but you know and and let the outsiders from the house see how it's ran and see and and we we base like the needs of each house and if we need to you know pay more attention to this house because you know they're kind of running off a of self-will and right. this and that um so um you know i've really uh learned a few things about myself doing that um you know um but i've enjoyed it the the entire way like it when it was presented to me they were like it's a lot and this and that and i was like i don't know and so i just jumped in like i felt like i i needed to give back and that's that's where i started well i mean that's awesome i think that's awesome and i really do appreciate all that you guys do and have been doing i love the success stories uh you know, I appreciate you guys coming on here to do a deep dive into all of it. You know, hope hope it didn't scare anyone off that might be listening. It's a lot. I know that's a lot of the percentages and the voting and stuff like that. But really, it's from the outsider's perspective myself, I just see people growing, changing their lives, and having fun, you know, on the gist of it, learning some responsibility and, you know, trying to heal and making new friends along the way. Yeah, um, it's it's not it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's simple guidelines. It's just basic living, responsible living. Right. That's what some of us don't have. You yeah. Know? I mean, simple cleaning things. Not everybody's clean looks like my clean. My clean right. might not look like your clean, but that's why we all do everything well, the same way. My clean's clean, bro. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. For, for me, like the it side was, catchers too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was. Uh, it's gonna be polished. You know, you take what you learn in long term, which is where, like, it's kind of like a behavioral correction um, time. You know what I mean? And then you're able to put that in use and really, you know, develop, you know, where your weaknesses are or whatnot. And it, it is hard to start an octopus house because when you're there the first 30 days, you're on a probationary period, which is you got to make a certain amount of meetings. You got to make five meetings a week. You got to have your sponsor within two weeks, job within two weeks. You got to curfew earlier, Sunday through Thursday, and then it's later, Friday and Saturday. And then once you complete that newcomer probationary period, we can vote you to come off of that newcomer status, and you would now be a member of Oxford House. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes it takes people a month and a half, two months to come off that probationary period because there's – they're not putting the footwork in. They're not willing to come off of it. They don't understand why they're why these rules are put in place. But it's basically to see if you're willing to do what Oxford House is asking you to do. We don't tell you to do anything. We just ask you to do things or suggest that things these things be done this way. Yeah, because it works. And, and most of the time, like a lot of people do, end up on financial contracts, and it, it's not nothing to be scared of. It's just you know to hold you accountable and make sure that you're you know gonna going to put forth what you're given yeah contracts aren't punishment it's just to raise awareness of your behaviors to line you up and help correct you and get you on the right path whether it's financial or your behaviors something that we don't see i was put on a behavioral contract my third month there i was on my way out the door did not like it was not ready to accept accountability um after three days of stewing i realized that the guy saw something that i did not see and i was probably headed down that path and that probably saved my my rear. We'll yeah, put it that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the houses, man, the brotherhood and the sisterhood. 
sometimes when those houses are firing good, it's like a it's like a sober frat house. I mean, we have fun, we cut it up, we cry together, we grow together, we laugh together. Genuine laugh that I've never been able to do. I started laughing after three months in a house, and I have not stopped. My face doesn't tell you that because <laughs> I just got to start in luck. But I'll tell you what, man, it taught me taught me how to grow and taught me how to love myself and love other people as they are for who they are. It teaches you how to be friendly, how to be a proactive member of society, and it makes it let you have fun. Like my house, Super Bowl Sunday, we threw a Super Bowl party, invited every all eight houses in town over to our house to have hot dogs and hamburgers. We bought a grill and bought a bunch of burgers and all that. And it's kind of hard to get some of these members to be willing to do the same thing that we're doing, but I'm going to try talking to our chapter about that. But we got other chapters neighboring us that are throwing events. Like they got a 4th of July party they're holding in Hoptown. They got one in Louisville, and that's all fundraiser events to help bring their fundraiser account up so they can do things. And uh, if I can, I'm going to show some of the fundraiser merch that sure, some of the other places do. Uh, we got... This is what a reentry does. They make hoodies, and they also got what's called Sober Joe's Coffee. If you want it, look it up. It's amazing. But it's got it's amazing. It's amazing. It's got reverse the hustle on the back, <laughs> and then it's got actual house reentry in the front. And then uh, they got a women's empowering women group for Oxford House, which helps you know basically the, it's in the title, women empowering women, and they got. This is their fundraiser stuff. Oxford House on it. And then these shirts that me and Ashley have on were ones that were given at the camp out we went to. Uh, I don't know where that... This was our state love. delegate shirts that you um, get for everybody who went to the World Convention. Last year it was in Seattle. So Now, this shirt's got a hole in it because I wore it to work on accident. But this is one that Hoptown does. And it's just... It's this way to raise money for our fundraiser to where we can send people to the world or even do other extra things like unity events. Like we have a, a unity chairperson, and she's planning some stuff. And uh, we checked on uh, some things for the local city pool. We asked what the group charge would be, and they, they gave us the, the, the amount. And she's going to present it at Chapter uh, when we have chapter on the 11th after recovery walk, she's going to present it and see how a chapter feels about it because there's got to be a chapter vote that right. we do this, you know what I'm saying, because we got to use chapter funds to do it. It's just a fun event to go to the city pool for a couple hours with everybody, you know what I'm saying. It's a good uni event. It shows people, too, like, you know, that just come into Oxford, like how you can have fun sober. Like, yeah. you don't have to be messed up. To yeah, I say that all the time. I have to have fun in recovery, man, because if I start getting miserable, I'm just going to slide back in those old ways of thinking. Self-pitying depression. Yep. Betterness. Yep. But I appreciate you guys coming on, man. This was fun. I appreciate what y'all do. Um, proud of y'all. I'm happy for you. Um, don't forget to check us out on YouTube or listen to our audio versions on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Podbean. And as always, stay grateful. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought your friends. They can watch it go down. I got mine too. So welcome to my house. Cause these are my people. This is my land. This is what we pray for. And this is God's plan. This is God's plan.
If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621. You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.